Hello and welcome to the Apostolic Church Liverpool podcast. We hope the message you're about to listen to will inspire you, will be a blessing to you and give you perspective in life. For more of such messages, you can visit our website at www.tac-lona.org.uk You can also access other messages and resources from our YouTube channel, The Apostolic Church Europe. We hope you're blessed and inspired by today's message. God bless you. Here's the message. Amen. The Lord has been so good to us. And this morning, we're going to be sharing from the book of Joel, chapter 2, from verse 12 to 14. You know, one thing about the word of the Lord is it is new every morning. There is no way you carry it that you don't carry it. There's no way you open it that you don't open it. There's no way that you read it that you have not read it. It will minister to you because God is new. Just whilst you're grasping um, one side, another side is like, is unfolding another side to you. Just whilst you're still grappling with that side is unfolding another side to you. So this morning, we're going to be learning about does God change his mind? All right, so it's a wonderful topic. When I saw it, I was like, okay, let's dive in. <laughs> Amen. All right, so from the contemporary English version, um, Joel chapter two, do we have our Bibles here? It's important that we open to the Bible because it is the word of God to us. Please, it is important that we are opening our Bible. Now, God, now changingness and his immutability, you can't dispute. God does not change. All right? Because he said, God, the same God yesterday is the same person today 
and it will be the same person tomorrow. And even when the world is no more, it will continue to be the same person. So we're going to be considering a few passages this morning. Now, God is unchanging passages. Malachi chapter three, verse six is saying, I, the Lord, do not change. So you, so you, all descendants of Jacob are not destroyed. You know, again, it's still saying that God does not change. All right. But I mean, what changes? <laughs> what changes along the line? We're going to see. We're going to unravel it. So James chapter one, verse 17 says, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the father of light, in whom there is no variableness and there is no changing. It does not vary. All right. For those who have studied mathematics, <laughs> you know, they tell, they, they tell something constant, something is variable. All right. Or maybe in physics, I've forgotten some of the things. Yeah? All right. So Numbers 23, 19, 19 says, God is also not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then, and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? 1 Samuel 15, 29 also says, the glory of Israel will not lie or have regret, for he's not a man that he should regret. All right, so God... So those ones, those passages that we have read, and plus another passage in the book of Hebrews, which, which uh, Hebrews chapter six, towards the latter part, it says that, you know, God, um, um, when he, God has bound himself with an oath, you know, and it does not change his mind. All right. So I had that one to it. So it's in Hebrews. If you want to check out, it's in the book of Hebrews chapter six, and that is towards the latter part um, from verse 13 to 20, you will find that verse that I just talked about. God changes his mind passages. All right. So in the book of Genesis chapter six, from verse six to seven, it was talking about the fact that God, God, God regretted that he had made man on earth, you know, and he grieved his heart and all the rest like that. So God decided that he was going to wipe out and, you know, do it all over again. Exodus chapter 32, verse 14 says, the Lord relented and did not bring on his people the disaster he had threatened. Now, once Samuel again talks about the fact that um, God changed his mind, he said he regretted that, you know, he made Saul king. So those are, the, those are the few passages. I'm sure there may be a few more passages in the scriptures where, you know, you'll see that God probably changed his mind, maybe about something, you know, that the spirit of God left him or something like that, you know, a few passages that talks or sort of like describes the way, uh, 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 describes as if God changed his mind, all right? So, but the key points that we're going to look at this morning is key point number one, understand the figure of speech that the Bible is trying to explain to us. All right. Um, the, the first thing to note here is that the passages that seem to suggest that God changes his mind, like we read in the book of Joel chapter 2, verse 14. Such passages are using a figure of speech in which the feelings of thought, processes of finite humans are a finite God. Now, what this place is trying to explain to us is God is spirit. And if God is going to relate with us, it has to 
relate to us with the kind of mind that we have as human beings. Now, I want to remember a scripture where the Bible was talking about the fact that there was a measurement according to the measurement of a man. It, it, there was, so, so, so they were going to measure a particular river and they measured it according to the measurement of man. Now, God is out of time, but what God does is he comes in between time so that he can relate with us. And interestingly, that was what God did in Jesus Christ. Now, God was in Christ reconciling the world back to himself. You can imagine how, if you don't have the mind of Christ, there are so many things you won't understand. And I'm praying that this morning we will be we will not be confused. The mind of Christ will help us to understand these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So, um, so it is a figure of speech to put, to take God out of timelessness and put it in our time, in our understanding. Amen. It's a way to help us understand God's work from a human perspective. Amen. So when the Bible says things like the hand of God, the eyes of God, and that God does things, I mean, who has seen God before? To the extent that you, so you, you, you have to say maybe he has eyes, all right? But when God wants, but when, when God is to be described, it will be described in our physical form, kind of like, all right? So that, that's when we say he has eyes, he has hands, he wrote on the wall and stuff like that. He has, his hands are not short, you know. Um, I am the apple of God's eyes. I mean, you haven't seen God before. So that is why a particular song, singer songwriter says, I'll say it in Yoruba and then I'll try and translate it. says, that means you cannot, it's an indescribable dream. You can't describe him. All right. Even when John was to describe him in the book of John, in the book of um, in, in, in Revelation, he couldn't, he couldn't quite describe him because of who he is. But God has to come in the form that John will be able to understand. All right. So um, God is spirit. God is still all knowing and is unchanging. God is unchanging. All right. He's unchanging. Understand the difference. So key point two, we want to understand the difference between the conditional and unconditional declarations of God. In other words, there are some things that God says in the Bible which are condition, uh, which are conditional. The fulfillment depends on how people then respond. So say, for instance, the sun is out. Some people wants to go to the beach. Some people wants to stay inside the house. Some people may decide to spread their melon, watermelon outside. Some people to, decide to strip themselves and lay in front of their house under the sun. Some people decide to wash their clothes and put it in the sun. So it depends on each person's re um, response to the sun. So some people decide to say, okay, you know what? I don't want to go under the sun. I want to stay in the house. Some people say, I don't want to see the sun. So it depends on how we respond. So it's like God's love who he is does not change, but our response to him differs. So the way you respond to them, to God is now the way the son will react to you, the way God will show himself to you, all right? So um, 
the other and the other times god makes some unconditional unconditional declarations that no matter how his people respond it has um, it shall unfailingly come to pass so um talking about god's covenant of sure mercies to david you know jeremiah chapter 18 verses 7 to 10 if at any time i announce that a nation or kingdom is to be is to be uprooted, torn down and destroyed. And if that nation I want repent of its evil, then I will relent and not inflict on it the disaster I had planned. And if at any time I announce that a nation or a kingdom is to be built up and planted, and if it does evil in my sight and does not obey me, then excuse me, I will reconsider the good I had intended to do for it. You know. I mean, our God is a merciful God. So even when Jesus came, even when Jesus came and so it's like, okay, so I wanted to, I wanted to paint a picture of whosoever. So Jesus said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Now the other side of that coin is whosoever does not call upon the name of the Lord will be unsaved. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. So it's like, um, we can you can't if you if you are by the, the by the by the tap everybody is taking water and you're standing there with your own bucket i mean that's your own cup of tea you don't want to so you you come you, you need to have to want to come to do something so it's like we have a responsibility amen so in Joel chapter 2 verse 13 to 14 what we see in god's conditional declaration if his people return to him god will change his mind because he is merciful, he's caring, he's kind, it does not, you know, I remember the Yoruba word for it. It says, oh man, Laura, Latibinu, he does not want to do it, you know, because that is not his nature, all right? That is not his nature, he does not want to do it. But I mean, there are some times that we step away from what he wants us to do. And I mean, it's, God cannot be faulted if you step away from what he wants you to do and you are not doing it and you are not, and you are not getting the, the result for what you are not doing. Amen? Are we getting something? All right, bless the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. We see another example in the book of Jonah. God was going to destroy Nineveh and God sent this man. And you can imagine, I was reading the latter part earlier this morning, and, and I was just wondering, what is the matter with this guy? God sent you job. Go and do it and leave it to God. But because he knew that God is merciful, he is going to have mercy and he's going to change his plan. That is what the issue of this guy was. So, uh, because when I, know, I know that when I go, they will repent. When I tell them, for, don't you want them to repent? You know, don't you want them to repent because our God is that because it is that same mercy he had on Jonah too. I mean, what if the, the, the fish had just eaten the guy up? I mean, what would he do? Nothing. He would just go under the sea and the guy would just die. But it is out of his mercy that he saved him too, you know. So um, in that, we go into the key point three. The case study of Saul in 1 Samuel chapter 15 verse 11 says, I regret that I have made Saul king for he has turned back from following me you see he, so again god has not created robots he has given us the willpower 
but God expects that we demonstrate that will towards him. But if you don't demonstrate that will towards him, again, there's nothing God can do about it. You must have to want to demonstrate your will towards him. Amen. So, um, so he stopped following the Lord and stop, and God is like, whatever is getting from the Lord stopped because you are the one that stepped away. Say, say for instance, God is here and you are with him and you stepped away. God will continue. I mean, God cannot do anything about that if you stop. It is we that we are, that vary. It is we that changes. God does not change. Amen. Amen. And I'm just praying that God will help us so that we can walk with him, so that we can, we can experience his unchangingness. You know, we ourselves, we can begin to have that nature, you know, because he wants us to have that nature anyway. Amen. So the bottom line is that God is entirely consistent. The fact that God changes his treatment of us is in response to our choices his treatment of us in response to our choices has nothing to do with his character. I told you about the fact that God has a nature, you know. I mean, if you step out of that nature, you are stepping into ungodliness. Grace of God that God has given to us does not um, warrant that we stay in sin. We can't continue in sin and say the grace we are bound. No. Grace is there. But if you step out of grace, you are going into on, on, on anything that is called, that is, not, that is not gracious. Amen. So if someone repents, God consistently forgives. If someone refuses to repent, God consistently judges. Amen. So let us trust God's unchanging nature and take him by his word. May God bless his word in our hearts in Jesus' name. Let me just quickly leave you with this verse. Hebrews chapter 6 from verse 15. No, from verse 16. When people take an oath, they call on someone greater than themselves to hold them to it. And without any question, that hold is binding. And God also bound himself with an hold so that those who receive the promise, so if you don't receive the promise again, you don't, you don't participate in that unchanging and that immutab immutability. So it says, so that those who receive the promise could be perfectly sure that he will never change his mind. So God has given us both his promise and his oath these two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him to, for refuge can take new courage. So this morning, I'm praying that we'll take new courage for we can hold onto his promises with confidence and knowing that it does not change. When he says something, he will do it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you. Is there any, any question? There will be no time for questions. So if there is any question? Okay, take questions. Okay. <laughs> questions, questions, questions. Praise the Lord. Have we gained anything? Because, um, you know, they used to say something like, um, I hope I've been able to convince you <laughs> and not confuse you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, you say that uh, the word there said that God regretted, and um, God knows the beginning from the end, and the end from the beginning. And the word there, God re regretted that uh, He made uh, uh, 
as Saul or, yeah, he made Saul king. Um, did God not know from the beginning that he had to regret at the end? All right. Anyone wants to help us? All right. Um, yes, sir. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I think what our teacher was trying to tell us, he was talking about sure messages of David. He was talking about the father that anytime we step out of grace, we will go onto something that is not gracious. It's God, you know. He, he has the will to turn the thing around as all. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. As in, you know, Saul, God cannot regret. I don't know. It's not a God that regret about something. When you read that scripture, he said he stepped out from following the Lord, from following his covenant. That's, that's what made God to regret. He was in the covenant of the Lord. Like our teacher has also said that anytime we come out of grace, we go to something that is not gracious. Thank you. Quickly, sir. Sorry. Um, I think um, as um, people, we have to realize that we must live by the choices we have made. So if Saul has made his own choice, God cannot force him to live the life that he has planned for him. So as parents, we experience these things. You can feel regret. You know the outcome of the way your child is going. You feel the regret. You try your best to bring them back, but they don't. It doesn't mean that you do not know that this is where they will end up. Thank you. Thank you. Right, concerning that particular question, we, we look at it holistically. The Bible says in Hosea 13, 11, it says, in my anger, I gave you a king, and in my wrath, I took him away. So initially, it wasn't God's will to give them soul. God's plan initially is, he said, the scepter will not depart from Judah. That is God's primary plan. And God does not change. That point to the father, it does not change. But because the forefathers of Judah committed an abomination at a kind of knowledge of uh, somebody in the reality. So that's what the judgment in the court of heaven was. That scepter was taken away from them temporarily. But within that time, God does not want them to have a king. But the Israelites are saying, we want a king, like that nation, we want a king. So God said, but they don't have the idea of God's holistic so that was why they gave them Saul because God knew the heart of Saul so he gave them a very strong and empty man but when he met a bigger one in, in Goliath he knew that God is the almighty so the most important thing is that just like our teacher said today we look at God's main character love mercy grace righteousness peace joy in the Holy Ghost so let me give you an illustration sorry I'm taking my time I'm taking your time say in education, my primary aim is I have 20 students, I want them all to get A's. In between the time, maybe I have them for four years or three years, in between that time, there are decisions I make and I change my mind. I say, okay, come on Saturday, don't worry, I'll be busy on Saturday, I change my mind within that time. But my primary aim has not changed. My primary aim is that they all 
get A's. So in between, so all those ones are not changing, they're secondary. Those ones are conditional. So just like when God said, it's my will that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of salvation. He provided it. If you take it, then you escape that judgment. But if you do not take it, then eternal damnation. So God does not change his unchanging changer. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, any more questions? Any more contributions? All right. Praise the Lord. So, I mean, that is who God is. It does not change. So it is we that varies. It is we that steps out. So when we stop, for, so say, for instance, you stop following the things of the spirit, you stop reading your Bible, then you begin to retard. You begin to go away from the Lord. And may that not, and that's why um, I, I can't forget that word or that statement that Pastor um, Joseph mentioned at the beginning of the year is like a repeated exposure to the word of God. We cannot but not be exposed each day, each time to the word of God, because that is what saves our soul, isn't it? Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs>